Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James. Great to have your company. And for all the latest news regarding our podcast, do check us out on Facebook and give us a like at nyrpodcast.com.au. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know either. <laughs> Just hit us on the social. <laughs> yeah, just get on there, will you? And also, please, a reminder to everybody that you oh. can put in an audience choice. Yeah, it's a big bucket. It is a big bucket. It's a big bucket of audience choices in there for us to choose from. There's but so that many. bucket could always be fuller. Let's make more, you yeah. know? Choose as many as you want. Any film, I don't mind. The whole thing is, to a degree. just want to choose one that's going to torture Dino. Yeah. I'm, that's really what it is. You see, I reckon our audience is probably going to have some difficulty trying to choose one that's going to torture you. Yeah. Yeah, because you're pretty, you yeah. know, you're pretty out there, you know. Yeah. You, you, you don't mind, whereas me, nah. <laughs> I'm a little bit more particular. <laughs> yeah, you're, oh, no. Yes, exactly. And hence our film this week. Now, um... <laughs> The Farrelly Farrelly Brothers, Dumb and Dumber from 1994. Now, who is dumb and who is dumber out of us, do you reckon? Or should we Uh, open that up to our audience? Wow. Wow. I know, right? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Or in the context of the film, who's who's Larry and who's Harry? (laughs) Sorry, Lloyd, sorry. Lloyd Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. Shit. Mm, And who's Harry Dunn? I don't know. And which one is dumber and which one is dumber? I actually think... Do you think this is the metaphysical question that hangs over this film? Is Who is the dumber? Who is the dumber and who is the dumb? Exactly. That's how I find. But there is a little bit of intelligence at times. Well, (laughs) there is intelligence and it's scam intelligence. Yeah. uh, Well, it is scam intelligence. It's shifty intelligence. It is shifty. And I I give them... dodgy bastard intelligence. I actually give them credit for that. Um, The dodgy bastardness. Yeah. I mean, especially early in the film. Maybe later on when they steal the money, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's a case full of IOUs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Oh, gosh, this film, eh? So you- 27 years old. 27, yeah. And I watched it for the first time. I know, because I remember you said at the end of last week's episode that you hadn't seen the whole film in its No, context. I'd seen sort of parts yeah. and never watched the whole thing. Mm. And then I- Sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah, and now you finally watched it twenty seven years later. Yeah, All right. Well, I'm going to be very interested to hear what you what you think of this. One. Yeah, yeah. Because I sort of think because it's the first Farrelly, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because then they ended up doing there's something about Mary and I can't remember what other films they did as well from Tom. Oh, they did uh, Me Myself on Irene. I think that was oh, another that Jim one of those Carrey. Too? I think yeah, that was yeah. one of theirs too. So they've done quite a lot of comedies and stuff like that. However, there's one film that uh, Peter Farrelly in particular did um, was a film called Green Book. Which ended up oh. um, getting the Academy Award for Best Picture a few Wait, years ago. Wait, Dumb and Dumber didn't get the Academy Award for Best you Picture? You would think so, wouldn't you? Uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. No, from far from it. It's probably got a few Razzie nominations, maybe. It did. No, I don't know if it got Razzie. I don't know if it, it got Razzie. It actually. got nominated for Best Kiss. Oh, yeah. MTV. Oh, is that the one between Jim Carrey and Lauren Holly? Yeah. Where he's just that like horrifying takes thing. that yeah. Hard to watch. The, yeah, it just gets the mouth of Hol- Lauren yeah. Holly, <laughs> pretty much. So we're introduced to the character of Lloyd Christmas. Now, he is established at the start, and you can immediately see he's completely dumb. He's asked this sort of person at a bus stop, Oh, where are you from? Oh, Austria. He's like, Austria. Yeah, how do you go with the kangaroos, mate? Yeah, exactly. Let's put another shrimp on the barbary. So you can already see he's pretty dumb straight away. and uh, Especially since all he did was climb from the front seat to the back seat. Yeah, exactly. Pretend as though he's, you know, affluent. And but again, sort of he's still shifty trying to pick up because he's in a limo. Yeah, like, that's Also, right. what would have happened if he actually got her in there? 
Mm, true. And there was no driver. Yeah. Oh, that's a good See, point. So the, the that's a great point. Well, the intelligent part is that he's pretending to be in a limo, delivering a lecture at some sort of college. Yep. And then when she got in the car, you're like, uh, now what? Mm, that's a good point. He would have had to climb in the front and drive yeah, or so ask true. her to. Yeah, so true. So, so true. there's the dumb part. That is the dumb part. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got the other character, Harry Dunn. Now, he's played by Jeff Daniels. Now, Jeff Daniels, this is such, such a different a, role for him. He's... Yes. It's like, uh, I still sometimes think about it. Like, because a lo- I've seen a lot of films that he's done before Dumb and Dumber. Well, I mean, Jeff... Daniels is primarily known as a dramatic actor. Uh, exactly, he is. And it was so different for him. And putting him into the context of a character like Harry Dunn, he's got this awful scraggy hair and, you know, he's, I don't know, he just doesn't fit the bill. Well, but, I everyone, mean, he actually surprised me with this role, I think. And well, I think everyone... came across quite well. So do you know the story about the casting in this? No, not fully. So, <laughs> so what you've done some research was, on this one, yeah? Because I was like, I'll have a bit of a look. So, what happened was that originally they didn't know who they wanted to get for the role, and they were told to get Jim Carrey, and mm. they were looking around, and they called Jim Carrey. He's like, "Who's that?" Because they didn't know who he was, and he's mm. like, "It's the only white guy in Living Color." So he got the role based on that, and because it was just after Pet Detective, yeah, that's right. Um, so he got a seven million dollar salary for doing this film. Yeah, and and he was also because uh, New Line Cinema they had this yeah. sort of um, contract thing where it was like a couple of picture projects because it was the mask as well. Yeah, he had a couple of deals. Yeah, in a the few works. deals. Yeah. So they had that kind of thing with him, and then Jeff Daniels was like trying to get the role. So they're like, let's just offer him five hundred grand. He won't <laughs> do it because he's Jeff Daniels. Ah. And Jeff Daniels' agent was like, don't do this. It could murder your career. Mm. And then Jeff Daniels was like, nah, I'm going to do it. So he did it for 500 grand. Wow, I did not know this. Jim Carrey did it for 7 million oh. because he wanted to do the role. Wow. Well, so hopefully- that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, we I remember we talked about Anne Hathaway when we were doing Deverwell mm. Prada, how she was the one that actually was actively trying to get the role. Mm. And there were other people being considered and stuff like that. That's but it true. was she wanted to work with Meryl and that's what she wanted to do. Yet Jeff Daniels really wanted to break out of his sort of mould, if mm. you will, of a yeah, dramatic no. actor and then jump into this one. So, mm. you know, it's a really different role to see him in, but also to understand that the context behind it, mm. that he'd taken a massive pay cut. Yeah, that's a huge pay cut. And a risk. Yeah, it's a huge risk too. So lots of different things there. But I think in the end it worked really well for him. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff he did afterward, he went back to a lot of his Straight dramatic stuff. You know, so at least he sort of experienced Wait, was it. was this before it, or after Speed? <laughs> um, it was the same year. Speed was 94. Yeah, 94. Yeah, wow, good year to get blown up. Oh, exactly right. Yeah, no, and then he ended up doing the newsroom television show, which was really good. Aaron Sorkin stuff. So yeah, he yeah, went back into a lot. Tracking shows. And Dumb and Dumber too, but I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> In fact, I don't know if I don't even know if I want to talk about that ever. Oh, really? You yeah. watched it? <laughs> I have watched it. Not not great. Oh, was gosh. it Farrell Lilies again? Uh yeah, I think it was. I think, I think I'd have to double check that, but yeah, Dumb and Dumb and Two. Wow. Anyway, let's focus on Dumb and Dumb and One, I think, because at least that's a little bit more bearable. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> for me. Oh gosh. But anyway, yeah, Harry and, and Lloyd, they're both roommates and 
they've got no money basically and Harry's just lost his job because he ended up giving these snacks to these dogs and, and they got covered in they condiments. They got covered in all the condiments like the mustard and the ketchup and all that sort of thing whereas Lloyd I was, could have sworn like when you saw that lady's face when she opened the back of the van I was like they're fucking dead. Yeah, that's what I thought and then there's it's this like, cross I was cut. like wow, are yeah. you going to kill dogs in this film in I the know. first 10 minutes because that's a bold move. Yeah, and then it cross cuts to all and of them. Nah, they're just filthy. They're just like, filthy. Phew. Exactly. And then when Lloyd goes and picks up this woman, uh, and it's played by Lauren Holly. Mm. Um, and and what's fascinating is that Lauren Holly and Jim Carrey ended up being married, or they got married in real life, and their marriage lasted oh, probably not even a year. Oh dear. Yeah. So they got Wait, married. they got married after this film. Yeah, they got married after they the film. They fell for each other during. Yeah. This so film? that close up shot when he's like eating staring her at face. her, eating the face. Exactly. That's like for real. Okay. Exactly, and you can see how unbelievably smitten he is about her. Oh, my God, amazing. And then, yeah, he drives her to the airport. Yeah, so she drops a bag. He runs up thinking she's left it. This mobster's going to pick it up. Blah, da, 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 da. Yeah. So he gets sacked because he smacks into someone because he's looking at her while mm. he's driving the limo. The airbag, like the physicality, that's one of those things, that, especially in Jim Carrey and comedy. Mm. Like I watched him on In Living Colour before all this kicked off where mm. he played – you know, Fire Marshal Bill Burns. Mm. And he'd always have these insane sort of physicality to his performance. And it's one of those things that I think has carried him through and it created this sort of Jim Carrey sort of thing where he was just so physical and so extreme. Like when he's trying to get out of the airbag, you're just like, man, this guy's good at physical comedy. Oh, he's so good at physical comedy. And that's one of my positives of the film is that I think it really, really works for him. And even their relationship uh, that he has with Harry and yeah. how they get along. That's also a positive for me too because, yeah. I mean, going back to what you said before about the Jeff Daniels um, actor, obviously, you know, you don't see him in this context but it actually does surprisingly work between the two of them in yes. terms of their buddy relationship. Yeah, so when they get home and they get beers for each other yeah, and stuff like they that, do. it feels very natural it for does them feel to natural. be in that sort of situation. Like, they, they seem established. Mm. You don't doubt that they're filthy roommates together. No, you don't. And even, you know, how the... Bird gets his, you know, head, head cut popped off, off and that sort of thing, and and eventually it's replaced with a marble, and they give this to this poor little blind, the blind kid. kid. <laughs> exactly right, but um, obviously, uh, so Mary Swanson, who is at the airport and leaves some money, a suitcase. Mary um, Samsonite. Yeah, Samsonite. Oh, that was a great joke. I really enjoyed that. Actually, there's some pretty funny quotes in the film yeah. that I do have to admit I do laugh out loud at. But, yeah, so it was meant to be some form of payment, I think it was, to it's these crooks. Kidnap. Yeah, kidnap. Because they kidnapped oh, that's right, husband. Because they kidnapped the hospital. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So the ransom money's there and they leave it there. And then, of course, you know, he's too stupid and then picks it up and... Decides to try and find her because he knew she was going to Aspen. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And obviously he thought, you know, Aspen was in California. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but, uh, and then that sort of motivates them to say, you know what, why don't we go on a bit of a road trip? Well, also they think the gas company's after them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the mobster turns up to collect on the money. Yeah, this guy called Mental. (laughs) Who's there to pick up the cash? Yeah, exactly. And pops the head off the bird. Yeah. And, you know, so they're on the lamb from him as well. Yeah, they are. Exactly. So, look, they end up making the decision to go and on this road trip in this car that he's the got. The dog van. The dog van. That's a pretty cool looking dog van, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like some sort of like 1980s style. It looks Mazda like the. It van. looks like. 
Bongo? No, Bongo is the monkey from the banana splits. I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> one of the banana splits from the TV show looked like that van. Wow. I was like, I hope they didn't skin him to make it. It's an amazing van. Okay. Yeah, I think it's great. So they go on this road trip and um, one of the things that there's actually a really fun scene that I like and it's the scene where they actually stop off at this truck stop place. Yep. And there's this awesome scene where they're just sort of talking and they're getting this food and all that sort of thing. But then he picks up the salt. You're talking about the spilled salt. Yeah, the spilled salt. Yum, yum. Like, and (laughs) you've got this big, muscly, beefy-looking guy who gets hit. who Who threw the salt? Yeah, exactly. The salt shaker and all that sort of thing. So, kick his ass, he bass. Yeah. I absolutely love You love it. that line? I love the line. You like it a lot? I like it a lot. See, that's one of those things. I didn't realise how many of these lines people were saying at me for the last 20 years because I'd never seen the fucking film. Oh, my film. God. So, people have been saying, I like it a lot or any of these sort of things. Yes, well, the there's films. someone that you and I both know who says it a lot. Oh. And I had no idea. Oh, my God. Wow. Like, it's just one of those things where I didn't realize there was so, like, kick his ass, Seabass. Like, I've yeah. heard. Yeah. Kick his ass, Seabars. Yeah. Like, I've heard that so many times. I had no fucking idea that it was from this film. Unbelievable. Like, and that's one of the things because one of the things that I noticed at looking at it now is there are some genuinely funny parts in this. Yes, there is. And there are parts of this film that are genuinely well written, but its impact is lost because it's 27 years old. That sort of extremity of comedy that they go to in this, where it is actually full edge, is something that was commonplace after they started making these films. Mm. Like, you look at something about Mary, which was my first experience with them. Like, I'd seen more extreme versions, so... Not going back to this one, it was really interesting because one of the things that I noticed is that sometimes the disparity between the characters being dumb yet the real smart, shifty things that they do Mm. to basically hustle their way across the country to get there are intelligent. They're incredibly intelligent and hence that one of the reasons why I like this particular scene is they do something in particular in order to get away with... You know, not having to pay yeah, so a cent. He spits in his burger. Yeah, he spits in his burger, and that's a so the big awesome dude, spit. By the way, you can yeah. hear that. Oh, <sighs> it's so nasty! It's so nasty. Yeah, so they spit in his burger and makes him eat it. Yep, delightful. So then Jim Carrey gets the plan where he goes over and he's like, "We want to buy you guys some beers." Yes, or buy a round of beers. Yeah. And then he goes up to the counter and he says, "Oh, Seabass has said that I'd he'd like all of our meals to be on his tab." Yeah. Yeah. And then that she looks over to Seabass and he's like pointing at Yeah, him. pointing. Up. Like that to me is really smart and intelligent. That's so a good hustle. It is a great hustle. It's a really good fuck you hustle. So maybe he's more the dumb, whereas Harry, Larry, I keep thinking Larry, Harry. Uh, <laughs> he's probably the more Mr. dumber Christmas. one. Yeah, Mr. Christmas. I he reckon might he might be the dumber one. Maybe he is the dumber one. I don't know. I think he might be. Yeah, he'd have to be. Because he's got the tongue thing. Yeah, exactly. So they're able to get away with that, and I think that's really... Yeah, because it's hilarious, because then all the rednecks are like, well, get them! Exactly, yeah. So they get away with it, and of course, you know, then this is another hilarious scene. There's actually a lot of hilarious scenes. I do laugh out loud in this film (laughs) quite a few times. I understand it. They get pulled over by this cop. And you're like, no, you're talking about the piss in the bottle. The piss in the bottle. Yeah. So he pisses into two beer bottles. He's like, pass me another one. It's still going. Yeah. What are you, a camel? Yeah. <laughs> and then the cop, of course, you know it's illegal. Give me that beer. Yeah. And of course, he takes a big mouthful. That guy who plays the cop 
is an actually hilarious dude. Like his expressions and the way that he handled the mouthful of urine. Yeah, I know. He, and he's been in other films that I've seen him in. He, he? He's real funny. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, see, I don't know particularly this actor himself, but I just love the sound effects and what he does with his mouth. Yeah, they... Yeah. And then they just reply, say, oh, would you like a tic-tac? Yeah. And he's like, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, he didn't say fuck, but... Yeah, it may as well. Yeah, it may as well, too. But, I mean, just little clever things like that, which I think is just absolutely fantastic. But then... Because it's a clever way we're dealing with a a dumb subject. Yeah. Like, here's some bottles full of piss. Wouldn't it be terrible if someone drank them? Mm, That's right. And you know, like it's. I think it's one of the ways that they structure it is they come up with a terrible scenario, mm. and then what would happen? That's right. And there's a lot of that where it's it's nearly like a skit show in regards to each one's got a different context. Like there's yeah. lots of little scenes. Yeah, there is a lot of really yeah interesting. Scenes. It's nearly episodic. Mm. Like you could cut that into a ten to fifteen minute YouTube show with no problems whatsoever, right? Oh, absolutely. Now that you said it, yeah. Because you- if you think about it, it's actually set up joke. And then move on, set up, joke, mm. move on, set up, joke, move on. And the jokes, yeah, as in terms of the setup, are just so funny. Yeah, yeah I can understand what you're saying, They're actually, actually completely contained. Yeah. So the beer bottles, like, so it starts with him needing to piss and they don't want to stop because the follow-on, like, the only pre-chapterization is saying there are rednecks after us. Mm. But the yeah. entire redneck thing, like, they pull in. Mm. So they pull in and then Seabass happens. That's true. Like, the chapterization in this in a DVD must be so clean. Oh, it probably is. Because you could pick... I actually did watch this on DVD, too. Yeah, but you could nearly pick any scene Mm. and just zoom to it, and it's its own little contained joke. Yeah, that's true. So you don't necessarily need to know why he's pissing in a bottle, and then you get the bottle piss, and then you're done. Mm. So the same way that Jim Carrey earlier is eating, like, jerky, and they're talking about their finances, like, it's all right, I sold the kid the bird. And Mm. he's like, you sold... And he goes through what he sold him. You don't need to know mm. what he's done because they actually describe what's happened. They're and like, you sold a kid a dead bird. And he's like, yeah, but I fixed it. And you know, and yeah. that's what makes the script quite good. Yeah, yeah so it's actually small, mm. episodic, and it's just little joke, punchline, move on. Yeah, exactly. And that's the effectiveness of the comedy. And that's maybe one of the reasons why I really like this film. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of that scene. But I never really sort of put it in a context of like, as you said, like a almost like an episode in a it way. Is. You know, like, yeah, you're right. It's almost like joke and then something else. And then yeah, because again. each yeah. little scene mm, doesn't works. rely on the last one. So mm. it's very punchy like that. Yeah, it That is. was the thing I was starting to notice because it was very skit show. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? Like it was, mm, oh, here's this. Even as you go on to other little things that goes on, like especially when the mental character comes in, because mental and this other woman, they're obviously they find, you know, they're on the, yeah. they're trying to find them and essentially get the money back and that sort of thing. But there's a, a funny moment where... <laughs> Yeah, once again, another funny is moment. Is this the peppers? Uh, oh, just before the peppers, actually. Cause they, in the car. They're in the car. Like, <laughs> they're just sort of singing. So he's pretending to be a hitchhiker because yeah, he he's is. like hitman slash go mobster type Yeah, he's guy. posing as a hitchhiker, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, oh, my car broke down. Can I come with you guys? Yeah. Because they goes, spend, oh. spend a night in like a motel and, you know, they yeah. actually talk about, actually, before we go any further and going back to mental for a minute, in the bathtub... Yep. Right, they're talking about this woman. Yep. Now, the woman, um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because that scene is actually unbelievably crucial in Dumb and Dumber 2. Really? Yeah, because... It's not a prequel, is it? No, it's not a prequel. It's a, it's a sequel, and it happens like 20 years after the events of Dumb and Dumber. But what turns out, like Harry's talking about... 
He's talking about how he was essentially in love with this woman. That Jim Carrey had the French tickler with. Pretty much. Yeah. And the, the connotation behind that is really that is that Lloyd actually engaged in an affair with this woman. <gasps> yes. But it's only very, very mild in that scene. But wow. then what it turns out to Dumb and Dumber 2, it turns out that Lloyd ended up having a baby with this woman. Oh, no, they brought a kid into it. Hence the motivation behind Dumb and Dumber 2. Okay, I will avoid that movie. Yeah, and also avoid it because Kathleen Turner's on it and she has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> has I mean, her vo- Has her voice aged well, though? Oh, so husky. I'm assuming she sounds more like, you know, Barry White you know, now. Than she oh, does, a like little Kathleen bit. Turner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, just visualise her in body heat, then you're fine. But you look at her in Dumb and Dumber 2, <laughs> no. <laughs> So I just had to bring that up yeah, because it right. sort of was an interesting concept because I remember when I went and saw Dumb and Dumber 2 and I thought, Especially what is this going to be? Especially since that's a more adult thing than anything that pops up in this. Well, it is. It actually like, that's is. That's an actual adult situation. It is an adult situation. Yeah, As opposed to up, selling a blind child yeah, a dead bird. That's right. So anyway, I thought that was that was really interesting. But yeah, obviously going back to mentor, yeah, they're in the car and they're <laughs> essentially having this... <laughs> See? Scene. In car. Yeah, exactly. The scene in the car. Self-contained. Exactly. And, you know, he's basically saying, oh, you want to hear the most annoying sound, sound in the, the world? world and like all of these different things. And he's like, oh, can't we listen to the radio or something? He's like, you don't need to. Yeah. And then they start singing, oh, Mockingbird. Yeah. Oh. And then they pick up some more they people. They pick up more people. Like, it's just like little stupid things like that just really yeah. keeps it going. And you just laugh out loud. But then, yeah, then there's the lunch stop moment where... Yeah, they because he feeds them the chilies. Yeah, the chilies. He's like, here you go. In his they're not bad. They're not bad. So yeah. they think being hilarious. Because yeah, because he suffers take, from ulcers. Yeah, he's got ulcers. Yeah, exactly. So then, because he's going to put some rat poison in their stuff, kill them, and take their gear. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, so the classic switcheroo by mm. accident. In yeah. this case, the ignorance. Yeah, they end up giving him some poison pills. Yeah, so he hits the floor because they fill him full of rat poison. Rat poison. He asks for yeah. his ulcer pills, and mm. they give him rat poison mm. instead. Yeah, yeah. He dies, and then they run off. <laughs> Once again, and then of course the police are now all of a sudden involved. I mean, all of these clever little things as they're on their way off, obviously up to Aspen. And one thing I more noticed, physicality, yeah, that. more physicality in that. Yeah, there's also another scene too, which I, I found quite interesting too. <laughs> Actually, there's a little bit of physicality coming from Jeff Daniels. Actually, there's a few moments more later in the film. The physicality with Jeff Daniels is hilarious especially with his interactions with lauren holly I'm oh, assuming that's oh, what we're talking oh well about. that but even there's one beforehand so yeah. they uh they're at this petrol station and um harry is this where he's on fire oh yes yeah so harry's filling up this uh, his car and he meets this woman and obviously this woman turns out to be like someone that's actually following them anyway yeah and, you know, she's pretending as though, oh, I'm going skiing up to Aspen and all that sort of thing. And, oh, let me give you my number. And, like, the physicality that you see from Jeff Daniels as his leg sort of catches fire because yeah. he accidentally spills a bit of petrol on his shoe. Yeah, because he's talking with her and he just keeps overfilling the yeah. tank. And, and also, you know, but the cigarette as well. Like, yeah. he gets, like, a match and lights it up and that sort of thing. And he's like, for God's sake, just give me the damn number. Yeah, and she's like, well, not with that kind of attitude. Yeah, forget it. Like, and then it goes to this sort of awkward kind of moment with the Jim Carrey character. Oh, because, yeah, okay. So the other guy's put on the thing, be in this toilet if you... Yeah, so like a beat kind of thing. A beat? Yeah, like Is a that like cruise, cruising yeah. beat. Oh, cruising beat. Cruising beat <laughs> well, kind of thing. That's very... <laughs> 
Dino's going full 1980s. Oh, they're yeah, cruising. cruising. Al Pacino, 1980 film. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, like, wow, like here we go. Yeah, yeah. so have, for a good time, be here at this time and date. And sure enough, it was that time and date. And, of course, it was Seabass. Seabass. Back again. Yes. For a bit of rough trade. A rough trade, yep. And Let's hope our Jim listeners Gary work was, that one uh, out. Well freaking. Oh, yeah, and every right. And then, of course, so. Jeff Daniels knocks out Seabass. <laughs> Accidentally. Kicking the door of the toilet in to put his foot in to put it out. Yeah, that's right. I and tell you. Jim Carrey's on the ground, full crying game, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crying game. <laughs> yeah, sucking on his thumb there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Now, um, I just want to talk about something else that, I absolutely love about this film. It's the soundtrack. It has got a pretty good soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. There yeah. are so many great songs in this. Solid. Like, absolutely solid. Mm. Like, there's some montages that you see when they're obviously on their way to Aspen, and mm. there's a song called Take, which I absolutely love. Yeah? Yeah, I do. There's another song later on, too. It's called Crash, um, which was used in the closing sequence of the film. Yep. And so many other really great songs that yep. are just used during it. And it... It's like a 90s alternative kind of soft rock kind of thing. I don't know. I just think it really suits the film yeah. for its time period. Yeah, I think so. And it's integral. It's integrated really well too. Yeah, it does work like, really well. They're not just sort of stuck on. They're considered and, mm. you know, so I'm assuming that was one of those things that they were really careful yeah, about. They were really, really uh, close on that. And I thought they did a great job with that. So I just wanted to sort of mention that because as we go on to... Uh, well, they sell the car. They sell the car. Well, actually, he, Lloyd does. Yeah, because yeah. Jeff Daniels had enough of Lloyd. Yeah, he pretty drove much. The wrong he way. drove the wrong direction. He was meant to go to Aspen and end up in the middle of nowhere. And then, um, yeah, he goes off and gets this motorcycle that he buys for like off so a kid. cheap. Yeah, of a kid. No, he swaps it. Yeah, he swaps it. For the it. van. Yeah. And then you think that Jeff Daniels is going to say something like, oh, Just when I think you can't, can't get any stupider. any stupider, you do something like this and then you totally redeem yourself. Yep. <laughs> like, fuck. Such a good physicality from oh, Jeff. Oh, between good both delivery. of them. Yeah, it's absolutely spot on. And then obviously they make their way into Aspen and, you know, when they first get there, they're like, okay, who are we actually looking for yeah, and this is the Samsonite. The Samsonite line, Samsonite. Yeah. Oh, I was way off, but I knew it started with an S. So yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely fantastic. But then because Aspen is so cold and they're freezing and they yeah. don't know where this woman is, they're trying to return the suitcase. They can't. They get into this little bit of an altercation. Yeah, because we're going to kill him. He's basically going to kill him because essentially Lloyd is wearing an extra pair of gloves. And, and he doesn't all, give him He one. doesn't give him a pair and they end up having this confrontation, which involves the suitcase because all he wants to do is just to go throw and throw it, it in, in the lake. lake. But then, yeah, when he's about to throw it in the lake, the thing actually opens and they realise it's full of cash. And I love the sort of shit that they buy. Yeah. It is brilliant. Like, yeah, the suits. The oh, Pretty Woman montage in this yes, is the, fucking great. I think it's great too. But even before the Pretty Woman montage, I just want to talk about the Ferrari. The, the Ferrari. They, they arrive at this hotel. Actually, they go to this hotel in Aspen. It's like a five-star hotel. And he gets um, into the this room. Suite. The president, presidential suite. 
sweet. Apparently, like Princess Diana and all these people yeah, yeah. Would stay there, and they took it. And then I love this shot. It's absolutely hilarious. Every time I see it, it's great. They come in this Ferrari and they buy this Ferrari, and then you got all these servants out the front of the hotel, taking the bags away, taking all the bags, and then you, got, and then you got Jim Carrey who's just like, Handing here you hundreds. go, here you go, here you go. And then I love this. It sort of cuts to this long shot where he's walking up the stairs. You can see the shoes that he's wearing, yeah. that, like these fluffy kind of shoes. I pissed my pants seeing that. I just think it's great. The whole spending of cash thing in that is pure gold. It like, is. We're not going to go crazy. We need to make IAU so everything's there. And, of course, the first thing they do is go completely batshit crazy. They do go batshit crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like oh. Lloyd's ski suit. Yeah, that's right. But then they find out by accident. Oh, actually, <laughs> they're, they're, see, so many little funny moments in this film. I just laugh out loud. So they're laying in bed and they're watching this television television. Commercial, oh, bawling their and eyes they're bawling their eyes out, and they're using money to wipe away the tears. And it's like this commercial. It's like, oh, this is living, isn't it? Yeah. Watching this commercial, watching an ad in bed, in, in bed. Aspen. And then they realise, yeah. So Mary's in the in the newspaper, and then that's where the pretty woman, obviously, montage yeah, came in. You've got to go to the ball. Yeah, and there's some pretty stupid things in that montage too. Like, for example, the nose hairs, <laughs> and also the you know the nail clips they had to get. Like this big chainsaw thing to, try, yeah, you know, yeah, stupid it goes shit into like the that. extreme. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit too extreme for me. But I think a lot of the other comedy sort of subverts that a little bit, which I like. But then they go to this event. Well, it's for endangered species. Yeah, pretty much. And Two have, breeding pairs. Yeah, and they go in these awesome As soon as suits. you see the fucking owls, you know one of them's going to die. Oh, look, that's right, especially when they first appear. And we're introduced to um, Mary's mum, played by Terry Garr. And Terry Garr's one of those actresses that's... She annoys me. <laughs> but I, I like her, but she annoys me. I saw your face then. Yeah. I was she, like, shit, where's he going? Yeah, she yeah. annoys me a little bit. She's all right in this. Like, I think I always remember because she's not in it for very long. No, that too. But also, uh, she always reminds me of that character from Tootsie that she plays in Tootsie, where she's just this annoying Just actress. horrible. She just drives me nuts. Anyway, anyway, I always think about that. But then they set up a little bit of a blind date. Uh, well, not really a blind date, but it's more like a little session where Harry ends up going out with Mary. And once again, another wonderful conversation that occurs between the two of them, especially this great joke about a bulldog and a shih tzu. Yeah. You know, we call it a bullshit. Yeah. And he does his line on there. And you're like, that's not a dumb joke. That's that, hilarious. That is hilarious. You know, I even find that funny. Yeah, I know. That's a good joke. That's great. <laughs> and then one of those moments where I was like, okay, that was funny. The snowball fight. Oh, the, oh, I so, love the snowball fight. They're fucking around and he makes a snowman and he puts the charcoal on the carrot in. There's yeah. a dick and balls. And, yeah. oh, oh, oh. and then they have a snowball fight. Yeah, and he takes it so serious. So they hit each other and then you can just see the moment where the trick is gone. And this is that moment where I was like, nice. Nice one, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, because when the physicality t- there is from Jeff Daniels is sensational. Yeah, because first off, like the way he reels back from her clear hit on him, he's mm. like, "Oh, you're fucked." Yeah, especially I love that one because she picks it up a little bit first, and it's a lot like a mild like, <laughs> little snow thing, and then he turns around, and he's got this most serious face. <laughs> Yeah. His face. And, and he then just, he just picks up this one and you can just hear the yeah. sound. Just like, <laughs> that would have been brutal. Just absolute murdered. And then they actually physically start fighting and he's yeah. like jamming her head into the ice. She comes up with a blood nose. Oh, she does. And he's like ready to throw down. Yep. And you're just like, wow. Oh. Yeah, and he just 
attacks her, and and then uh, you know, she just finds it hilarious. So yeah, thank God, thank God for that. Because you know, if I was her shoes, I would her. be like, <laughs> uh, get the fuck away from me. That's the thing. Like, I'm not sure you could do that scene. Yeah, now. no, you couldn't. You actually couldn't, because you know, a male brutalizing a woman using snow and pretty forceful too, like smacking her face yeah, into the like ground. It's brutal shit. Like it's one of those things. Like I found it challenging at times. That scene or just in general? Yeah, because there's a few elements in this film that you just couldn't make now. And Mm. I understand its significance in the way, and obviously there's so many comedies after it that were influenced by it. Oh, yeah. So these guys sort of just upped what you could get away with. Mm. Mm. You know, the same as, you know, Mary with the semen in the hair. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like, they just, Mm. they did it. And that influence is something that's been ongoing ever since, you know, the more extreme sort of things like this. You wouldn't have had shit like scary movie, you know, had this this. not been done because Mm. they were just like, can you make something this dumb work? The other thing that I really like about this too, because I mean, you think about something like Mary, for example, like, which is, you know, as you mentioned, like the cum in her hair and that sort of thing. But like for this, this is a PG rated film. I know it's crazy. I know. It's actually crazy. I don't know how this is PG. I don't know either, but that's Just because they don't swear? Well, that, I think that's really what it is. I mean, there's really, there's no real sex references as far as I remember. I don't think No, the boys are clearly just desperately trying to get laid, but they they don't say it. No, they never say it and it's never clear, but uh, yeah, uh, it just baffles me that this film is actually PG. Because they're not harmless. No, they're not harmless people they just don't know what they're doing because they're that dumb gormless they but really a lot of the stuff they're doing is actually surprise i mean it's unethical of course it oh is. yeah but like they just know no other way yeah. but really what they are doing is kind of very smart yeah yeah and that's what i love about it so weird. you know but the, yeah, the jokes just seem to work so well and the jokes just keep going and going and going with this because they're at the snow and then he gets his tongue stuck on the, the bloody pole. pole which is great but then it cross cuts to uh jim carrey's at point of view at the bar and he's like oh you know he's waiting for mary to arrive at like 10 o'clock or something yeah. and he gets there at like 10 in the morning and the bar's like we don't open till we 11. don't open till 11 so anyway he sits in there in the bar all day and then there's this hilarious physical moment with jim carrey with his facial expression it's absolutely when brilliant. that woman's talking to him so when, same one from the gas station yeah don't know that the two and then yeah she's in just talking his ear off yeah and, you know, she's saying, oh, you know, I'm here with my boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Aah. yeah. And then even later <laughs> on, there's this great facial expression where he actually witnesses Harry drive Mary home. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, like know. dry oh, heaves. God, bloody hell, it's good. Physicality. So goddamn good. And then... Lloyd, in order to get the Harry vengeance. back, there's a bit of vengeance because he's realised, oh, oh, you've spent... laxative. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And God, that moment is fucking hilarious. Shitting. I absolutely love it. So th- so Harry goes out with Mary again <laughs> at night and they go in there and Dino she's watching an episode. Yeah, the exactly. Diarrhea. That's right. And he goes up to the toilet and you can all hear these sound effects and it's just like, it's so ridiculous, but you just laugh at it. He goes into the toilet and he the goes... The legs in the air is a nice touch. Oh, it is a nice touch, isn't it? Hanging you know? on for dear life. Absolutely. But the sound effects and everything like that, it's just, you think, like, as I'm sort of thinking about it now, you think it's pretty cheap and nasty and that sort of thing, but surprisingly it just works. Well, and it does for this guy. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that I've noticed about, obviously, 
what I know now about the Farrelly's is the way that they put it together. Mm. You know, it's that thing where it's crossing, you know, a border of good taste, but it's doing it in a way that's really, it's cheesy enough to be gentle, if that makes sense. Like it's accessible because it's not too harsh about it. And I think the audience relates to it. Yeah, and they do it in the way that people describe the act. So when yep. you describe when you've had an upset stomach, it's like Jeff Daniels' experience. Mm, it's so true. And that's how they do it. Like, mm. it's really smart the way that they deal with that. It, it, absolutely. And even when she says, oh, about the toilet's broken, it's yeah, just that that's added just that level. Thing, yeah. It's the added level. It's a collection of all your mates' worst horror stories from when they met their girlfriend's parents. That's exactly right. And that's what I love about it. I just It's one thing after the other. Yeah. And you just you go along with it and you just feel for these characters and I think it's great. I don't feel for them. Or maybe not feel for them, but <laughs> but like, I mean, I feel for Jeff Daniels in that situation because, you know, maybe I've been there, done that. So, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so that's why I could probably relate to that situation. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Is that a bit too much for you? Folks, it's just that thing where you don't have to look at him while he said that. And now <laughs> I've got a visual image. Oh, no. Of the man Dean. Like on the toilet with his shoes kicked off, like sweating bullets while he purges. Yeah, pretty it's much. Not a, it's not a pretty visual. No, I'm sorry. I sh- shouldn't have brought that up. I should have kept it in the context of the film. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you have all been there, done that. Yes, we have. Yes, of course. I'm we just sure don't we like have. to talk about it. Well, it depends. If you're sitting in your Chevy and your pants are getting heavy. <laughs> oh, far out. Why do I express these things so much? <laughs> Welcome to therapy. Exactly. Welcome to therapy. So then, of course, Lloyd goes and sees Mary and brings her the surprise. It's like, ooh, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, you left your suitcase at the airport. Oh, my God, you got your suitcase. That's yep. awesome. And then, of course, they go back to, to the hotel. and So you're saying there's a chance. Yes. So good. I mean, one in a million. You wouldn't have had the joke from Monsters, Inc. with Mike Wazowski without this moment. What kind of chance do I have with Mm. you? Oh, one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so over the moon. Just absolutely sensational. And then that's where this Nicholas character comes in. Now, apparently he's like this good friend of of the family. family. He's ripping them off. Yeah, he's just basically ripping them off because, you know, he basically puts out a gun and... Harry comes Being back and that sort of it. thing. I love, I absolutely love when they give him the suitcase and they open it up. It's just chocolate. And he's like, what IOU. is this? And, you know, where's all the money? It's all this paper. All yeah, this all the IOUs. Paper. And I love, I love how Jim Carrey just picks that one up. Oh, 255,000. Might want to hang on to that one. That's a car. That's a car. You know, like Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like the the ignorance and the stupidity is just sensational from them. Yeah, so then of course, what do you think? Which one happen? which one gets it first? Yeah, that's right. And then of course, good old Harry. You yep. killed my friend, you bastard! Yeah, bam. But is he dead? Yeah, of course not. No. Because that woman gives him a bulletproof vest. Because it turns out the woman from the bar that was there and the woman that pulled up next to him the thing was FBI or yeah. CIA or NSA or yeah, that's some right. other acronym. Yeah, something like that. And um, she's, they've been on the track to find out who kidnapped this dude and mm. then they've been tracking him. And then she gives him a bulletproof vest and a gun yep. and sends him up there. Yeah, exactly. Because he pops up after not being shot mm. and does the Pulp Fiction moment. Yeah, absolutely. Six rounds and nothing close to a target. No, exactly. So, that, that little cutaway. Yeah. yeah, back you go. Yeah, that's right. And then mm. nothing. Yeah, so then my favourite part of that is when he's like, what if they shot you in the face? 
<laughs> what if they shot you in the head? And he's That's like, so true. Huh? <laughs> so like stupid. that moment, Jeff Daniels' character gets told that it's just fantastic. And she's like, oh, that's a risk that we're willing, willing to, take. to take. Yeah, just this absolute stunned mullet. Yeah. And then she gets her husband back and the boys are set adrift. Yeah, now oh, I love how it closes. Like they're just walking. They've because got it's no... really good. A, neither of them get the girl. No, they don't. And either girl, because you were kind of doing that setup thing where it was like, you think oh, that he was going to do it. So that one that Jeff Daniels originally burned his leg on is now going to end up with Jim Carrey. Mm. And then the Jeff Daniels character will live happily with, ever after with Lauren With Holland. Mary, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that I really like about that is that, yeah, you, you're right in saying that you think the whole time maybe the Mary character might have a bit of a soft spot for the Jim Carrey character because we're yeah, but the money. Also, but the Mary thing for the Jeff Daniels, like that whole like first date kind of vibe for getting out and mm. the snowman and the skiing and all that sort of shit. Like it set it up. Yeah, of course. And then it was like, nah. Nah. And even, once again, their pure ignorance and stupidity is in the closing sequence of the film where this... You know, this bus comes out of nowhere. It's filled with all of these women on there. Bikini models. Bikini models. We need oil boys. Exactly. Would you like to become on there? And he's basically saying, you are wrong. You are wrong. It's that way. Yeah, it gives them the wrong direction. Wrong directions. And then when you think that they're driving off, do you realize what you've done? And then it turns out, oh, no, it's that way. You, th- you almost think for a split second maybe they uh, are... I did not because no. I predicted that joke when the bus pulled up. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That there was no way that they were going to be getting on that That's bus. That's one of the things I think was my issue with this was that a lot of the time what was coming, I guessed it. Yeah. And I oh, think okay. That's- I think that's probably a consequence of seeing it 27 years after it was made. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, Because looking at it through my eyes, every time I saw the joke coming, like as soon as he was doing the laxative thing, I knew that it, there was going to be a bus toilet. Or he was oh, gonna, right, yeah. You know, he was going to shit his pants in that kind so of way. So you kind of knew where the jokes were going. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Okay. And did you find any of those jokes, even though you thought they were going kind of predictable and you thought where they were going, did you find it funny though? Some of the... Some of the physicality of yeah. it was the thing that made it. So then right. it turned into, for me, because it was, like, I found it predictable. Like, so the parts that I found funny were made funny by the characters. Yeah. So okay. that was the thing. So when you saw the physicality, like that kiss that he gives Lauren Holly in his dream sequence and mm. that dream sequence of the fight. Oh, yes. So he does this thing where he's dreaming about what he'll do and how amazing he is. Mm. And like rips out the chef's heart. Like that shit was funny. Yeah, yeah. Because you wouldn't have expected it. The dream sequence was funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. and the way that he kissed her was funny. So Mm. it was for me, it wasn't necessarily about the jokes, but more about the way that they delivered them. Yeah, true. Yeah, I agree. And that's what makes it. But I think that's one of those things where if I'd seen it at the time, Mm. it probably would have been really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. But it was also one of those things that seeing it now, and there's so many things that I've seen since. That I'm just like, oh, yeah, I get it. See, I have it, like, I mean, I've seen it quite a number of times. Yeah, clearly. This one. And I remember seeing it the first time I saw it. Like, I mean, I didn't always understand the jokes because I was much younger. But, I mean, now that I think about it, like, I still laugh at it. And it's quite surprising that this actually still has the effect on me. Someone came in when I was watching it and just stood there and laughed. 
Wow. Because it was the same thing as you. Just and had they seen it, though? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Tons of times. There you like, go. Same as you. Mm. So it was that thing where they're just like, oh, this one was a family favourite. It's a know? family favourite. And then, like, you know where the joke is coming. But for some reason, it stays with you. And that's one of the great elements that I love about this film is that it sticks with me. That And there's not much comedy out there that actually can do that with me. Yeah. And that's why I think my rating today is probably going to be one where... You know, for this kind of film might be a bit surprising for oh, so maybe is, some of our listeners. Yeah, because this one's going to be the same thing we were talking about last week with our audience choice with Nathan. Yes. Where he was talking about how that film affected him. Absolutely. And it was important for him. Mm. And I think this one as well, like I can absolutely understand a million percent how this ended up in so many people's pantheon of like the go-to. Of the go-to for, for comedy. Comedy. But also going back to, it's a family comedy. Yeah, you know? which is the other thing. Because, you know, your dad will laugh at, Jeff Daniels shitting himself yeah. in that toilet. Because I don't find a lot of the the jokes and that sort of thing kind of like kiddish or anything. I mean, maybe the the the, the shitting in the Some toilet. Some of the sophomoric sort of yeah, basic maybe, humor stuff. Like maybe the that. Humor. Yeah. I agree, the toilet humor. But, but it, it is clever. It is clever though. Yep. And I, I tell you, um, I think that the, the, and it really comes back down to how well the script is, but also really it's the actors that pull it through. Yeah, that's it. And it's their physicality. It's their relationship together. It's how authentic and real it kind of feels. Yeah. Like, and the fact that the strength of the script is in terms of, yeah, they just go along with their, their day-to-day lives and they essentially, it's, they have themselves, they have each other. Yeah. And that's really all that matters because they're both so fucking stupid and that's probably the right way to but go with the ending. But they're good-natured fucking stupid except they are for their evil natured. parts. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the evil parts sort of, you know, that's a bit different. But I think everything else, they just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And, but that's what really sort of makes it kind of hilarious and um, hence my rating. So I'm, I'm giving this three and a half. Jesus, really? Yes, I am. Yours is not going to be like that? No, that mine's high? two. Two, yeah, yeah, nah. I think that and those two points weren't for the writing per se. That was just for the performances. Okay, yeah. Now I've got a real soft spot for this one. Yeah, cool. Mm. Yeah, and you're right in saying what, like, especially what Nathan said last week with regard to that. And I think, like, three and a half for me, a film like this is fucking high. Very, very <laughs> high. It's actually very, very high. And like, I normally probably wouldn't give a three and a half for a film like this, but I just no, think, I wouldn't have expected it. No, it's just I think I mean. For this film, I wasn't necessarily looking directly at how it was made, though, which I sometimes... I mean, I did at times. Yeah, because the cinematography is nothing to write. Oh, no. I mean, a lot of... The soundtrack's good. The soundtrack's great. But it's just just telling a story. Yeah, exactly. But I I think it just comes back down to how well the the actors did here. Yeah. So three and a half and two for you. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. All right. Absolutely. What is next week? (laughs) Coming next week. Pie's choice. Okay. <laughs> We're laughing. Just this moment of silence. Yeah, moment of silence. It's because you're waiting for that. Which is Danny Elfman's score for 1989's Batman. Batman, yes! I love Jacques Batman. Nicholson. Uh, we've got two Michael of my... Michael Keaton. Two of my favourites. Oh, I didn't realise Kim Basinger was one of your favourites. Oh, only in nine and a half And weeks. Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, he is in this. He's um, Harvey Dent, isn't he? I yeah, think well, from memory. Well, you'll have right. to watch it and find out. Yeah, I have seen it many times, but... It would um, have been very interesting to see him turn into Two-Face. Ooh, yes. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, that would be. Can he pull off the evil? I don't know, actually. That dude seems so lovely. So true. 
Mm. Anyway. Oh, wow. Batman. Batman's. Tim Burton. Batman. Right. This is our first Tim Burton film. How exciting. Well, it was going to happen eventually. Oh, of course it was. We yeah. had to get weird. Especially. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this Something one. Something for the goth listeners. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us today. Peace. And we will look forward to having your company next week for Batman. Batman.